coming up this week on Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast. Tesla actively markets the new Model S 60 to Model 3 reservation holders. Last week's suspension-related FUD attack gets a weird backstory. California drops its EV rebate and more. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Ride the Lightning. It is the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, episode number 46 for June 19th, 2016. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. Good to be back with you back here in San Francisco. I'm back from Los Angeles. I was down there, as I said last week, for E3, the Electronic Entertainment Expo, which is the video game industry's big annual convention where uh, all sorts of fun new products get announced, and it's a, it's sort of a big, crazy hectic week, but it's uh, it's always fun. It's extremely exhausting. By the last day, I'm like practically the walking dead, but uh, man, it is fun. And I'll tell you, it's when I got back, when I flew back home on uh, on Friday afternoon, I'm thinking on the, when I was un- deboarding the plane, I'm thinking, man, I haven't, I haven't seen an, uh, an X in a while. I could really stand to see a Model X. And uh, sure enough, literally as soon as I walked out of the airport into the sunshine, a model, a, a titanium metallic Model X P90D rolls up like right in front of me, stops and opens uh, the Falcon wing door and the, the front doors. And part of me wanted to just hop in and say, oh, perfect timing. Thanks for the lift. But uh, it's good to see it. It's, it's funny, I, being used to the the one gullwing door I'm used to, the DeLorean, it does kind of make something of a noise because of the, the gas strut. If that's the sound it'll make is the, the gas strut activating. But even though, you know, the, the, the Model X door seems, the Falcon Wing seems to be like completely silent. And it's a, it's a little, it's a little odd to see a gullwing door for me go up without making a sound. But anyway, uh, before we get moving today, I wanted to thank everybody who has contributed to the Patreon so far. Uh, It's off to just a fantastic start. I really, really appreciate everyone's support. Every little bit helps uh, towards, you know, really continuing to allow me to invest time and energy and focus into this podcast. And and as I said, I'm, you know, I'm just being upfront about where where your support's going, and it's going to go right into my Model 3 fund. So uh, if you haven't already, I would uh, very politely, kindly ask, you at least take a look at the Patreon page and consider pledging something. The page is patreon.com slash Podcast. Now, let's talk about the other cool uh, sort of community thing going on, and that's the referral program. Been talking that up for the last few weeks. Joe Willett from Michigan has been my uh, very kind uh, sponsor, for lack of a better term, of course, the referral program this time around is uh, up to five referrals with prizes for the referrer uh, each, for each successive referral you get. And of course, the person that's being referred, the referee, gets $1,000 off of their Tesla Model S or Model X. And I'm very, very happy to report that four of you, four referrals so far for Joe's account. And again, Joe has kindly pledged to uh, to sign the Model X over to me should he actually win it 
uh, we'll take care of all the taxes and fun stuff. It would be a, it would be a nice problem to have to sort through. But uh, the cool thing is, with four referrals, we have now well, you guys have now gotten Joe tickets to the Gigafactory grand opening event in Reno at the end of July. So, and that that gets me through Joe, and because of your generosity, four entries into that ludicrous Model X raffle to try and make this Tesla dream of mine come true. So there is but one more uh, stage to go for Joe. If we can get one more referral, he gets those very rare, very uh, cool-looking arachnid wheels for his Model S, and and tires and all. So uh, if any of you are out there in the audience and you are thinking of buying, well, not thinking, if you are going to buy a Model S or Model X in the next uh, 30 days or so, because the referral program runs through July 15th, please consider using the uh, referral code that I'm about to give you. Again, it'll take you, you put type this website, type this URL into your browser. It's going to take you to a landing page where you select S or X, and then you'll build it, configure it, you're done, you get your $1,000 off, and uh, Joe and I get that uh, next referral. So this is what you want to type into your browser. It's ts.la slash joe9713. That's ts.la slash joe9713. Now, on to the news. If you remember last week, talked a lot about the... Uh, very odd blog that Tesla posted where they pulled no punches. They fired back at the latest round of FUD that was, that which a FUD, of course, if you're new to the show, uh, fear, uncertainty, and doubt is what that refers to. The latest FUD attack against Tesla, which targeted, which tried to purport that there were rampant suspension problems with the Model S, and Tesla wrote a very lengthy blog post that they posted Late last week, completely, definitively, and in some, at some points, snarkily refuting the, uh, the claim. Now, the wonderful folks at electrek.co, a site that I am loving more and more all the time, they are doing great work, they put together an, a great, great piece I highly encourage you to read about the motivations behind this FUD attack. I want to just give you a couple quick highlights. So this is this is courtesy of Electrek. And it's, as Elon Musk pointed out, 37 of the 40 complaints listed on the National Highway uh, Traffic Safety Association's website contain false or misleading information. That's because the owners of vehicles didn't file the complaints, but someone named Keith Leach did, also known on the internet as Keith Wyvenef and other aliases. Leach's claim to fame is to have busted, quote, busted a scam to sell bogus, quote, solar harvesting devices in Australia. He describes himself as someone who, quote, busts green scams. And for the past few years, this role can be summarized as attacking companies with an environmental aspect such as Tesla. His attacks mainly take the form of online comments on articles about Tesla and other green companies, which... Like, okay, I guess if that's all you have to do with your time is is troll comment sections, but whatever. Anyway, back to the electric excerpt. Keith has also been gathering and sharing pictures of crashed Tesla Model S vehicles. 
a reverse Google search on the pictures shows that most of them were taken from salvage auction websites to sell vehicles totaled after severe crashes. Now, uh, for anyone in your life who knows that you're a Tesla fan and doesn't believe that FUD exists or that there are forces out there trying to stop Tesla, please point them to this Electrek article. It, to me, it is haunting the, the literal insane lengths some people are willing to go in order to cause harm to Tesla, either directly and or to harm their stock price for some sort of financial gain, which of course Elon and Tesla inferred in their, in their rebuttals. And I got to tell you, uh, as a part of this community and, and someone who's, you know, again, just to, to relate it a little bit to my DeLorean experience, you know, DeLorean owners went through this because to this day, there's a lot of, I guess we wouldn't have called it FUD back back in the day, but um, you know there were there were forces at work to destroy DeLorean, and there were a lot of misconceptions that have sort of mutated and persisted over the years about John DeLorean and about the company. Oh, is he still in jail? Did he did, did, did was there cocaine shipped in the doors of the all this crazy stuff? So this is why, in my opinion, that we Tesla owners. And enthusiasts, in my case, have to stay out there fighting the good fight. And, and I mean that in the opposite of the literal meaning. Not a, no fighting. Don't do that. Always be polite and respectful with people. But uh, I think you've just got, you've got to always, if presented the opportunity, if you're engaged in some sort of discussion with somebody, calmly, confidently correct misinformation. Because odds are the person that's that's talking to you and has this misinformation, they probably don't even intend to wield that misinformation maliciously. They probably just got armed with bad information that they're repeating. Again, I've seen this time and time again in the DeLorean community. Ask any DeLorean owner about it. Um, but but that is why you know you've got to take the higher road. You've got to just all you can do is try to to if you can if you're talking to somebody about Tesla and you can correct some misconception or a bit of misinformation for them, then you've, you've stopped that person from spreading that same misinformation to seven other people. You know, so you've, you've done a good thing. Next up this week, let's move on to some brighter news, and that is that Tesla looks to be trying to convert some Model 3 reservation holders into Tesla owners sooner than the late 2017, you know, 2018 window we're looking at for Model 3 now. It seems that Tesla has been sending out emails to some Model 3 reservation holders that include some temptations like this. Here's an excerpt. As Maggie the Boxer snores in the background. <laughs> uh, here's an excerpt from the email sent out to some people. We know how excited you are to receive your Model 3 and wanted to ensure you had the chance to work with myself and our team to explore the options of getting into a Tesla even sooner. And then they, they go on to mention, you know, the 60 and the payments can start this low and that's before even, you know, gas and maintenance and, you know, cost savings from not having an internal combustion engine car, blah, blah, blah. But I have to say that in my opinion, it, it absolutely, there's no losing for Tesla here. It, it, it absolutely does them no harm to try, to try to convert people because 
It's, it's completely worth the relatively small amount of effort it takes to send out a, what, what amounts to a form letter from the, the, uh, you know, the, the sales folks on the Tesla team because they might pick up new owners and they, uh, that they can get full car revenue out of now rather than just a $1,000 deposit. And those people, should they convert them, might end up still keeping their Model 3 reservation because odds are they're going to, they might fall in love with the S and keep it and add the 3 as a second car, you know, second Tesla in their family. But even still, what if, even if they trade in the S and they buy a Model 3 anyway, as they had reserved one, that's a huge win. That's, that's Tesla selling twice as many cars to the same person. And I'll tell you, even if Tesla, or pardon me, even if the person did cancel their Model 3 reservation after converting their reservation to a Model S purchase, I suspect Tesla wouldn't mind alleviating that massive, massive production backlog on the Model 3 a little bit. You know, you've got 375 to 400,000 people on the list. That's, that's a tall order. And, you know, they haven't even started advertising yet. They haven't even shown the full car. They haven't even gone over pricing. We haven't done part two of the reveal. You know, this is... It, they, it's a very, very good problem for Tesla to have. So it totally can't hurt for them to try and convert some people over to the Model S now. Not to mention the fact that looking beyond it from business reasons, it furthers Elon's mission. As again, we talk about all the time, accelerating the advent of sustainable transport. By If you can get somebody into an electric car you know, a year, year and a half, two years before they had planned to, that's a win. That is a win for Elon and the mission statement. I want to thank uh, Tesla Motors Club forum member Travel SD80, by the way, for making a thread about this and bringing it up. On the topic of the Model S60, by the way, I wanted to take a couple quick phone calls on this topic. Got a lot of reactions to the 60, the return of the 60 kilowatt hour Model S, as to be expected. Let's go first to Mark in Vermont, who uh, sees another potential benefit in the 60. Mark, go ahead. Hello, Ryan. This is Mark from Vermont. I was uh, calling in regards to the latest release of the, the Model S with the 60-kilowatt battery option with the option to purchase the additional 15-kilowatt hours later. And I was doing some thinking about that and wondering exactly how it's limited in the sense that when you have battery battery degradation over time, do you still, I'm assuming, always have the 60 kilowatt hour capacity because the total degradation is going to be coming off of the 75 kilowatt hour capacity of the, the entire battery. I don't imagine they'd be limiting it to specific cells that are only being used. Um, so just those are some thoughts that I had and curious to see what your thoughts might be or whatever anyone else might think about that. Uh, very good co- podcast. I enjoy listening to it. Thanks for the hard work. Bye. So, yeah, it'll, the, it'll degrade slowly over time, just like any other battery. But, Mark, I see your point. You might not actually see that loss if it's coming out of the top of the pack that's there but locked away from you. So this is yet another point in Tesla's favor on this big, bold 60-kilowatt-hour move. You know, it's, it's almost as if a bunch of super smart people work at Tesla, which uh, I'm joking, of course. Yes, it is just a, a company run by 
very smart, very forward thinking people. And this, the more, the more that uh, everybody sort of digs into this 60 kilowatt hour move, the smarter it seems. Let's take another 60 kilowatt hour related call from Austin in Petaluma. Uh, he wants to connect this to the Model 3, and he's got a good question as well. So, Austin, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan, it's Austin calling from Petaluma, California. Been a longtime listener since around episode 27, and when I first started listening, I actually back listened to all the episodes. Um, absolutely love the show every week. Look forward to it on Sundays. Calling in to uh, comment about the 60 kilowatt hour upgradable battery to 75 kilowatt hours in the new Model S. Um, I actually think that's a great advantage, and I really hope that something similar happens to the Model 3 when it comes out. Uh, speaking to three things like uh, battery degradation and uh, battery charging rate at supercharger stations and do you have to feel guilty running it to empty. Um, I don't think Tesla would implement any kind of battery degradation performance into the 60 kilowatt hour battery to perform or behave as if it's 60 kilowatt hours. Um, so over time having a 75 kilowatt hour battery and having that 50, 15 kilowatt hour cushion uh, could actually be an advantage over time. And when you have that 60 kilowatt hour battery charging at a supercharger, does it charge at a slower rate when it gets fuller and perform as if it's just 60 kilowatt hours or does it perform like a 75 kilowatt hour battery? And same as, do I have to feel guilty when that battery is getting lower? Is there that 15 kilowatt hour cushion? Essentially, I think this is a great advantage um, to people who want a cheaper Tesla, but actually have more leeway with how they can treat their battery and how they can charge it. Um, kind of an interesting thought I had. Just would like to see what you think. Love the show. Thanks. Bye. Well, Austin, thank you for the call. Your question is a fantastic one, and I'm afraid I don't know the answer, and I couldn't find it. Uh, the, the, now, the old 40-kilowatt-hour cars, which were you know, the previously the other Model S uh, battery version that was software-locked from its full capacity, those couldn't supercharge at all. So we can't extrapolate anything based on that. So if anybody has a definitive answer to this, Please call or write in. I would very much appreciate it. I'm happy to give that information out on next week's show. But uh, to your other point, Austin, about hoping that Tesla does something similar with the Model 3, I personally just don't see it happening, at least probably not for a while. And the reason being, in my opinion, is that Tesla's margins are going to be, are almost certainly going to be so thin on the Model 3, certainly on the base version of the car, because they're doing everything they can to get it in at a at that promised $35,000 base price. I just don't see them, quote-unquote, wasting any battery cells. Plus, the other thing to keep in mind, remember, a larger battery pack is heavier. So that would affect range on that $35,000, 215-mile EPA-promised range battery. So for those reasons... I don't think it'll happen, at least not for a while, but certainly it's possible the once the Gigafactory is fully up and running and battery chemistry continues to advance, it could very well be in Tesla's interest to simply produce one large pack for the entire Model 3 platform, however many cars are on it, Model 3, Model Y, whatever else, and simply software lock whatever 
that, uh, you know, wherever it makes sense, wherever they want to lock it for, uh, for, you know, lower priced model options. All right. The other uh, one of we've got two more. Well, actually, three more stories I wanted to touch on this week. First up, this was an interesting one. This got picked up by all the financial sites. Uh, you can now shop for a Model X in Nordstrom, of all places. Yes, the department store. Tesla is opening a gallery inside a high-end shopping complex in L.A. called The Grove, it, it, within the Nordstrom there. It's going to be a test run that goes through the rest of the year, and then they'll reevaluate then and see what see what they think, both on the Nordstrom side and on the Tesla side. And in fact, here's a quote from Nordstrom. They issued a statement saying, quote, We're focused on listening to our customers and seeing how they respond to this type of differentiated experience. Meanwhile, Tesla gave a statement of their own, this from their vice president of North American sales uh, by the name of Ganesh Sravats. We're bringing Nordstrom customers a Tesla experience, and I think for Nordstrom it's well, it's like, how can we target Tesla's audience? To this, I say, uh, much like the attempt to convert Model 3 reservation holders into Model S owners, why not? I like the outside-the-box thinking. I mean, the, the X, remember, you know, Nordstrom, I hope it's not, uh, would not be unreasonable or, or sexist of me to say that it's probably frequented uh, by a larger percentage of women than men. And the X, of course, is very much being targeted to women, uh, much more so than the S was. So if you're shopping at Nordstrom in the Grove, you, that as well, you know, Nordstrom in the Grove, you, you might be in the tax bracket that can afford the X, so put all that together. And, it, you know, putting a little mini Tesla gallery inside a Nordstrom, that could turn into a fun excursion in the middle of your shopping trip. If you're out there and you're like, hey, what's this? It's, a, it's an SUV that's, that I can put my kids in. It's the safest thing in the world. And it, it's, uh, you know, instead of the probably 18 mile per gallon gas guzzler Porsche Cayenne or BMW X5 I'm driving my kids around in now, I could get this thing, which gets the equivalent of, you know, 80 miles to the gallon, except your quote unquote gallons cost a third of what, of what uh, gasoline costs. So I could see how, you know, if you can, if you can uh, really make a good sort of showing in that Nordstrom, you could potentially convert a number of people, get a lot of people interested. So um, that and it, it's just the fact that they can offer test drives on the site too. It's like, so it's like if you do get an interested Nordstrom shopper who says, all right, let me go out and take a ride in this thing. We all know, at least those of us that have that have driven or even just ridden in a Tesla, that driving is is believing. That's that's all you really like. That's all the sales pitch you really need. Is like, oh, I get it now. This is awesome. So interesting move by Nordstrom and by Tesla. We'll be I'll be curious to see if this ends up being successful. And I guess the metric for that. As far as we're concerned, since we're not privy to internal information, will just be, do they renew this for 2017? Before the last couple stories, I wanted to take one more voice uh, hotline call before the proper hotline section of the show later on. This one from Christy in South San Francisco, who uh, lives in a condo and is worried about charging her Model 3. She offers a potential solution to that situation. So Christy, go ahead. 
Hi, Ryan. This is Christy in South San Francisco. I just wanted to call and say thanks for the podcast. It's great. I've been listening since the Model 3 unveil. My good friend Stephanie in Santa Rosa recommended it to me when we were both uh, waiting in line to put in our Model 3 orders. So also just wanted to give a shout out. There are a few of us females out here listening. Um, I just had a comment on the electric vehicle charging station topic. Um, I live in a condo here in South San Francisco and have no idea what it's going to take for me to get a charging station installed um, in time for my Model 3. So I am going to be looking into all of that. I appreciate some of the topics you've had um, that have referenced this, and I've looked on some of the forums, which has been great. One thing I came across, which may or may not be helpful for me, but thought it might be useful to some of your other listeners here in California, I came across the NRG program called EVGo. Um, you can locate that on the website TakeChargeCalifornia.com. Sorry, that's TakeChargeCA.com. And um, what it is talking about is um, there is a program where they will install up to 10 charge-ready parking spaces for free at your apartment building or work. So no cost to you or the building management. Um, and all you have to do is enter where you live and work um, to brief uh, questions there. And by entering, you also get a chance to win a three-year lease on a 2015 Nissan lease or 12500 in cash. I don't know about you, but I would take the cash and put that in my Model 3 fund. Um, but uh, you can get multiple entries if you request installation at home or work. So I thought that would be something that maybe some of our listeners would be appreciative of. So, again, that's TakeChargeCA.com, and I hope you're having fun at E3. Take care. Bye. Christy, thank you for the call. So I looked this up because, uh, no offense, please do not take offense to this, but it... I'd never heard of this, and it sounded like <laughs> it kind of sounded like it might be a scam or some sort of business that you were plugging. I mean, I apologize for for taking such a pessimistic default approach there, but uh, you know, I do need to try and vet these things before putting them on the air. I don't want to steer my audience in the wrong direction, but this appears to be a legit thing. TakeChargeCA.com, where you can—it's effectively a sweepstakes. Uh, not a, not simply a sign up and just get it thing. There's not some sort of, you know, sadly, there's not a charging station fairy that's just granting wishes to everybody who needs a charging station. It's a sweepstakes. But here's the bad news. It apparently is over. So I'm not sure, I, I suppose you weren't aware of that, Christy, but I, as I went poking around the Take Charge website to try and learn more about this, I clicked on the terms and conditions. In fact, I clicked all over the site. Clicking on the terms and conditions, it states in there that this whole thing ended, on this, the sweepstakes ended on September 30th of 2015. But uh, nevertheless, a very interesting thing. I wonder uh, if they've installed whoever won this stuff last year. And it seems, by the way, I, I looked at pictures and it looks like these are... They're pay-to-use chargers, and that's how the apparent the sponsor here, which appears to be the NRG company that you mentioned, that would seem to be how they make their money back on this. Uh, not that that's necessarily a bad thing. I mean, uh, you know, I uh, I guess having having a pay-to-use charging station in your in your uh, condo parking structure is better than having no charging situation at all. 
but yeah, I mean, th this this was definitely still a cool thing for for condo and apartment buildings. But I so I'll just I'll end on this note. I mean, I'm, I hate to burst the bubble if in fact uh, unless if it's if you happen to know, Christy, if it is still going and they simply haven't updated their site, please let me know. But otherwise, if anyone else out there learns of anything like this popping up in the world, uh, please just let me know, and I'm happy to to spread the word because that it is a cool idea to to help spur on the EV movement by you know starting a sweepstakes to give away free charger installations. Now, speaking of California, uh, this was a very unpleasant surprise this week. California's $2,500 rebate on electric vehicle, well, on Tesla's particularly, the, the amount actually varies depending on what sort of low emit, you know, zero emissions vehicle or alternative fuel vehicle you get. But on the, for Tesla's, it's a $2,500 rebate. That rebate in the state of California is currently on hold indefinitely. I want to thank Gary Eaves for writing in and giving me the heads up about this. I went and read uh, an LA Times story on this, which I'm going to read a bit of for you in a second. But yeah, if you go to the California website for for the this uh, rebate program, it says there's a window that pops up. There's a box that pops up on the screen that says funding is currently exhausted. All applications submitted after June 10th, 2016 will be placed on a rebate wait list. So uh, read, I read the LA Times piece on this, and here's a, here's a, a little small chunk of it. The state's California's new budget, which is awaiting Brown's signature after the legislature's approval Wednesday, includes nothing for the vehicle subsidies or other efforts to make heavy-duty trucks more environmentally friendly. Meanwhile, the clean car programs are pushing people to waiting lists. So it appears, based on what I could learn about this, that California Governor Jerry Brown, uh, who has been very pro-Tesla, very pro uh zero emissions vehicles. He says he wants to get this done, but for now, it's not. Uh, that's really unfortunate. And now, I know, I hope, uh, you, you can fast forward if you want, because I know the, the majority of the audience of you guys are not in California, but as California had one of the more generous EV rebate programs and now has no rebate program, this is a big deal especially for us Model 3 reservation holders uh, out here in California, it's just awful, awful news for us because $2,500, and yes, I am aware that the, the California rebate was income dependent, but that dependence was, there was a cap on that. So I, I, I think it's fair to say that most of us Model 3 buyers were probably going to qualify for it by having a household income under the threshold. I think it was like a four or $500,000 threshold that had been set. So just doing the math here, for California buyers uh, of the Model 3, that rebate represents about 7% of the base price of the car. So if we don't get that reinstated, if, that do if this doesn't come back, that changes the economics quite a bit for many of us. I mean, hey, $2,500 is nothing to sneeze at. So I really hope that Jerry Brown can work with the state lawmakers on both sides of the aisle to get this restored. If not for us, 
then for the, just go with the egomaniacal, you know, chest-thumping politician reason of, of solidifying California's status, or I should say re-solidifying California's status as one of the most climate change aware and EV friendly states in the country. So uh, really hope that our, our California lawmakers can, can get this back for us. Uh, you know, I, I guess it's good that the Model 3 isn't out, you know, this fourth quarter. You know, we're still looking at another year and a half or so. Uh, so, which gives them some time to hopefully get it, get it reinstated. But yeah, this was, this was just completely out of left field for me. I was not expecting it. And uh, yeah, for, for us California folks, that, that is a blow. So, uh, uh, speaking of blows, Porsche is looking to land a body blow on Tesla. I just spotted this on Teslarati, one of my favorite Tesla websites, this, uh, at the end of this week. This is from Automobile Magazine. An unnamed Porsche engineer was talking to Automobile Magazine and was, uh, was taking some shots at ludicrous mode. He says, quote, The thing about ludicrous mode is that it's a facade. Two launches saps the whole battery. That won't be the case with the Mission E, which, of course, Mission E is the proposed Porsche all-electric sports sedan that would be a Model S competitor. Uh, he say he goes on to say, "You'll be able to run it hard over and over. The battery will not overheat. The power control module will not overheat, and the seats will not suck." Well, gee, there's an extra completely unwarranted shot. <laughs> Jeez, the the next gen seats are great. What do you? I mean, if he's referring to the uh, original seats, and okay, you could make a case, but come on, the next gen seats, those Recaro seats are awesome. What are you talking about, man? Uh, he went on to say that the Mission E would be, quote, something special and a, quote, true Porsche through and through. He insisted the Mission E would be a, quote, game changer when it comes to electric cars. Well, unnamed engineer, not to get into a war of words because, hey, you work for Porsche, you've got the pride. That's good. You should. You should feel that. And, you know, as Tesla fans, we, we're in Tesla's corner and root for Tesla and what they've been doing. So let me say this. Here, here's my take on this. Uh, number one, like, okay, great, do it. But, but that's actually sort of the, the point, in fact, because if you go back to episode one of this podcast, I laid out my theory, which I think I've repeated since, but back on episode one, I laid out my theory for why I believe what I believe the real reason for ludicrous mode is to exist. And my, my theory was that Elon had tried everything he could to get people to, to get other car companies to build electric vehicles. He tried, he opened the patents. He, you know, uh, one car of the year award. Uh, you know, he, he did whatever he could to say, hey, automotive industry, look, electric cars can be really super awesome. You should build them too, except nobody did mostly because it would, you know, they're on the they're on the ICE gravy train, and it would cost a whole ton of money to 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 start up an entire EV program. And so my theory was that ludicrous mode, because remember, remember too, ludicrous came 
months after insane mode. Months. It was less than a year. It was, it was very quick. Um, and so my theory is that ludicrous mode was Elon saying, okay, I opened up the patents, I uh, built a great car and showed it to the world, nothing's working, so screw it, I'm going to embarrass the rest of the automotive industry into building electric cars. And that's why ludicrous mode came around and ludicrous Model S's blow away, Ferraris off the line, Lamborghinis off the line, Porsches off the line. Pretty much literally any other car on the planet is not going to beat the, uh, the Model S ludicrous in a quick sprint. And guess what? These Porsche comments, this, this unnamed Porsche engineer's comments, give a little, uh, a little, a little uh, meat to my theory. They put a little meat on the bone for my theory because this is, this is what this exactly reads like to me. This is Porsche saying, oh, ludicrous mode, whatever, we can make something better than that, that, you know, with, that, where without ludicrous mode, see, they've bruised Porsche's ego. By, you know, everybody's talking about Tesla and talking about how about ludicrous mode and how quick it is and how it blows away everything. So if that's, if that is what finally got Porsche to go, okay, fine, we're going to, we're going to do this and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to do it better. Maybe they will. But if that's what it took was ludicrous mode, it validates my theory and it probably is exactly, I'll bet Elon had a big smile on his face when he heard about this. And he says, yes, good, bring it on. More electric cars. Because if, if, you know, if a company like Porsche gets serious about electric vehicles, then many others will continue to follow suit. So I just wanted to float that out there. That is the last news item of the week, uh, sort of an eclectic news week. I'm going to come right back and I've got, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four more excellent calls in the Ride the Lightning hotline for you right after this very short musical break. You know that once we come out of that little musical break, it's time for the Ride the Lightning hotline. It is your chance to be part of the podcast by calling in to the toll-free number or Skyping in. You can uh, leave a question, a comment, discussion topic, the number to call or Skype is 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. And it's this part of the show I remind you, if you know somebody special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Please visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. They are my very kind provider of the Ride the Lightning hotline. Now, some of this week's calls are going to go into that first monthly call-in show, the, hot, the all-hotline show that's part of the Patreon program, that extra bonus show that I'm going to do every month. And I'm looking at you, Eugene in Miami. I got your phone call. It was a good call, but I'm going to save it because uh, it wasn't particularly time-sensitive. I'm saving that one for the, uh, the hotline show the Patreon show at the end of the month, so look out for that. Let's start this week talking to Greg from out east of Sacramento. He's a Roadster owner. I love Roadster owners because they are the true 
Tesla early adopters, and they get it. They're good people. I've met a bunch of them. So Greg from East of Sacramento, Roadster owner extraordinaire. Go ahead, sir. Hi, Ryan. This is Greg calling from the Gold Country Foothills, East of Sacramento. Uh, I am a new listener. I used by the clock, but feel like a long timer since binge listening to the past couple of dozen uh, episodes. Great podcast, by the way. Two comments, or rather a comment and a thought. First, as a Roadster owner, I had to laugh, sorry, at your troubles getting the podcast to be available on the Model S and X owner's cars. Uh, I had no trouble listening to the podcast in my Roadster um, via my smartphone, Bluetooth to the audio system of the car. Just get in the car, drive away, and hit play. The Your voice was coming through the speakers before the car's tires left the driveway. Sometimes, you know, the, the simple solutions work out to be the best. But the main reason for calling, my second thought here, um, you mentioned earlier that the objectives of the Roadster, Tesla's objectives, were to develop the technology needed to bring the S uh, and X to market and also to wake up the planet to what an electric car could be. Um, they certainly succeeded on both accounts, and I considered an honor and a privilege to be driving the car. So what's next? Besides bringing the Model 3 to market next year, um, I think another wake-up event could really seal the deal. What if, here's the thought, what if, you know, with the dramatic and unconventional finish to this year's Indy 500, uh, which focused attention on the importance of risk-taking and fuel efficiency, uh, what if Tesla could get a ludicrous Model X to be the next year's Indy 500 pace car? Uh, I can't think of an, another marketing-ish event that would bring more focus and attention to um, uh, what electric cars are all about. And uh, it wouldn't be easy to wrestle this from Chevy. I know they've kind of held sway for a number of years. But what if they could get that to happen? Just wondering about your thoughts. Uh, maybe someone at Tesla will hear this and uh, uh, shake up the world one more time. Uh, thanks again. Enjoy the podcast. Bye-bye. Fantastic call, Greg. Uh, indeed, you, are, you make a good point at the top. Anybody can Bluetooth stream the podcast from their phone inside their Tesla. You don't have to, I guess, it, maybe that is even easier than jumping through the tune-in hoops. But I guess with the tune-in hoop, you do only have to jump through it once uh, in your Model S or Model X, and then it's all set. But anyway, uh, as to your very interesting Indy 500 pace car idea, I think it's awesome because you'd be striking a blow directly into the heart of of the, of the petrol heads on their home turf. And there are many, many benefits to, to uh, making that happen. You mentioned the whole showing the world thing, but it would also get people talking about Tesla, and it would be a national, nationally televised showcase for an American company that's kicking the world's butt at one of the most iconic American sporting events we have, and of course the signature uh, racing the signature car-based event uh, that we have in America. But here's the thing. I think it's a tall order. Uh, I'm not going to beat around the bush. I mean, you already mentioned Chevrolet's ongoing stronghold of the sponsorship there. But remember, too, that many car companies wouldn't even want Tesla there. You know, and, and the, there are, what, there's like... Uh, Honda is, you know, some of the, some of the cars in the Indy 500, there are Honda cars, there are Chevrolet cars. There's, you know, they, they could obviously potentially exert pressure uh, for, for Tesla to be shut out of that. Plus, just even aside from 
the conspiracy theory territory that I started to wander into there. Presumably, Chevy pays a pretty penny for the privilege of providing the pace car. Yes, I confess I wrote down that, <laughs> that line of alliteration ahead of time. I'm pretty proud of that one. Uh, and you remember that uh, Tesla does not pay for marketing or advertising, at least not currently. They have not spent any money on active uh, advertising, so that's probably not something they would go for. Uh, but I love the outside-the-box thinking. Great idea. Great call from, from you, Greg, and welcome to the show. Thanks so much for listening. I want to go now to uh, someone we've heard from before, Eric Martin from Chicago, who wants to continue the thread about, uh, about saving for Model 3. He's got an interesting story. So, Eric, I'm going to turn it over to you, sir. Hey, Ryan. This is Eric Martin from Chicago. I know a lot of listeners have been calling in recently with their savings plans for what they're going to do for their Model 3. And uh, something interesting, terrible, slash whatever happened uh, in my family this past couple of weeks where uh, my wife was driving our minivan um, and it got totaled. A uh, car came out of nowhere, hit her, totaled the thing. She's safe. My kid's safe and all that. The van is not. Um, but it really uh, kind of shocked me at that time to realize and wonder what would happen um, if she was driving an autopilot vehicle, uh, could it have been avoided, things like that. Um, I'm quite uh, vocal with my wife about um, my interest in Tesla, interest in the Model 3, interest in autopilot and all that jazz. And so she's she's always been into it as something that I'm interested in, but is, uh, like your wife, a bit cautious as far as not wanting to spend money, etc., when this happened, um, she changed her tune a little bit. And um, now that we're getting the settlement on the thing, she was uh, expressing to me how she's she wishes that we could get the Tesla today, which is a total shift from where it was. And um, I think it really speaks volumes about the, the safety of uh, Tesla vehicles, as you have always discussed, um, and just how recognizably um, awesome they are and safe as cars. So... Um, what I'm doing for my plan is we're actually going to replace our van which a, with a much lesser vehicle uh, as sort of a holding pattern until we get our Model 3 next year. So um, anyway, I just wanted to share that with you. Uh, love the show. As always, you're awesome, and thanks for putting the time together to make such a great show. Thanks, Ryan. Bye. Well, Eric, the most important thing is that your family is safe. And while I don't recommend Eric's method of getting your wife's blessing on a Tesla, the safety aspect is an important one for anybody, especially, of course, if you've got little kids. I mean, I don't quote me on this, but I believe the number of deaths in Teslas is still absurdly small. I want to say single digits, but I'm, I'm, I'm only going off of the well-documented incidents that I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, regardless, Tesla's safety record absolutely speaks for itself at this point with over 100,000 cars on the road, logging millions of miles. And I'll tell you, the sooner that all of us on the Model 3 reservation list can get into a Tesla, the better off and the safer that we're all going to be. Next is our friend Mike from LaGrange. He is a frequent caller. He has uh, one last interesting comment to another thread we've had going for the last few weeks on the show, and that is the idea of a discharge power option 
uh, that a caller from a couple, two or three shows back had suggested. So, Mike, I'll turn it over to you. Hey, Ryan. Mike from LaGrange here again. Uh, just calling to chime in about the topic that came up uh, on the last show about the gentleman who called about the discharge port. Um, it's actually a pretty big uh, topic of discussion in the EV world, and uh, Elon actually uh, talked about it uh, in one of the, uh, I think it was the, one of the future uh, transportation future uh, thing he had over in uh, in Europe, and um, you know they said they don't really have any plans to do that, uh, and one of the biggest things I think. Not even so much the liability of it, because uh, it's pretty easy, you know, with uh, those smart chargers to initiate the handshake and understand what sort of device is connected to the vehicle. Um, one of the th- biggest things brought up is that you could use uh, the supercharging network to charge your car and then use your uh, what they call vehicle-to-grid connection to power your home, uh, for the evening, or I mean, even more than the evening. I mean, if you think about it, a, a 90 uh, kilowatt hour car has a battery pack that's, you know, over 10 times, you know, nearly 15 times the size of a Tesla Powerwall. So um, it's quite a huge battery in terms of using uh, using for that sense. So I think a lot of it has to do with they don't uh, they would have to figure out a way to regulate. Uh, the use of that power, uh, you know, obviously suggestions have come up to be where, you know, if you have a grid to or vehicle to grid enabled, that you wouldn't be able to use a supercharger within a certain radius of your home or something like that, you know. Uh, but uh, very interesting topic of discussion. I'd like to see how it plays out in the future because it would be awesome if you had a power failure in your home and you had a Tesla that you could just, assuming you already had the equipment to do it, you could use your your car is a battery backup system for your home instead of a power wall. be pretty awesome. But anyways, that's my two cents. Uh, and I'll see you next time. Keep up the great work. You know, Mike, you, you add a great point. I had not even considered the abuse angle of it. Hadn't even thought about that. It, it, you know, if something can be abused, people are probably going to abuse it, unfortunately. So uh, again, I still think it's pretty unlikely that it would happen, even if it's reasonably technically feasible and you know you mentioned a handshake that could sort of um, make it safe relatively safe to do so but uh, I still think the odds of it are pretty slim but nevertheless a great point there Mike thank you so much and our final call on the hotline this week the honor goes to Dave G from Illinois who has a clarifying point of his own remember the tax rebate for your home installation setup that I mentioned I uh, took a call about that uh, either last week or the week before. So Dave G. from Illinois has a, a very important clarifying, pardon me, clarifying point on that. So Dave, I'll turn it over to you, sir. Hey, Ryan. This is Dave G. from Dupo, Illinois, uh, real close to St. Louis, Missouri. Love your podcast, and I'm hoping that Maggie is doing well. Uh, I just want to let you know, if you haven't heard already, on the 8911 tax uh, credit that you can get through the IRS where it's either uh, 30% up or and or $1,000. The trick of it is you have to have possession of a car, be it a used S, a used X, a Volt, 
uh, you know, something along those lines prior to the end of the year. So unfortunately, I too am a reservation holder for the Model 3. We can't just, you know, go ahead and purchase and have it installed because the cars aren't going to be here for another two years or so. So anyhow, it has to be done by at least by the end of this year. Hopefully they'll extend it for the Model 3, but anyhow, I didn't want people going out there and, you know, installing it and then waiting two years and, and you can't take it off in your taxes. So love the podcast. Uh, I'll be following you here and uh, have a good one. Talk to you later. Bye. Thank you for that, Dave. I looked it up as well after getting your call and sure enough, right there under quote, the following requirements must be met to qualify for the credit. It says you placed, uh, it, the, the requirement is you place the refueling property in service during your tax year. So uh, that does indeed seem to spell out the fact that you've got to be using it uh, during the year that, uh, that, it's, that it's installed. Now, I will say, I'm not, I'm not going to encourage anything, but theoretically, the IRS would have to come and check <laughs> to see if you're using it. Like, I doubt they're going to call up your power company and go, hey, has this power bill gone way up as evidence of an electric vehicle in the house? But I will say, if you're high on the list for the Model 3, meaning that you live on the West Coast and or you plan to get a highly optioned car, you could roll the do- dice and get your charging infrastructure installed maybe early next year if you are confident that the mo- that you, you're going to get your Model 3 in 2017. I mean, that's Depends where you are on the list, depends what you're getting, depends if Tesla can deliver the cars, as Elon has very, very boldly promised. But the risk you run, of course, is that if the car is delayed at all, should you do it, you know, should you do this next year, early next year, that you potentially risk losing out on that tax credit again. But for all, you know, maybe the IRS would, you could just file it and they'd never know or care, but, uh, that is that is a dice roll, and I can I cannot uh, encourage that. I can mention it as a possibility, but I'm certainly not going to encourage it. All right, great calls again this week. Every week, you guys are awesome. I love all of the great comments, the great discussion topics and questions that you folks co- very kindly call in with. So I remind you that anytime, just 24/7, it's just a voice mailbox. Uh, that you can you can dial in any time. Please try to keep your call to about a minute, minute and a half tops, just for just for flow of the show. Uh, but re- feel free to ring me up anytime. The toll free number to call or Skype is one eight 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 nine eight nine eight seven five two. And I'll be right back here to wrap things up for you after this. That brings us to the end of another episode of Ride the Lightning. I would be mighty grateful if you would take a look at my Patreon page if you have not already. Consider supporting the show, supporting uh, my efforts to, to bring this to you every week and, and to uh, get that Model 3 in my garage because I said that's, that's, where the, that's where all the pledges are going to go. Please visit patreon.com, that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com, slash 
Tesla podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan or email me. The show email address is teslapodcast at gmail.com. If you're a video game fan or a video game player, you can check me out on my day job, which is at IGN.com. I've got uh, all kinds of stuff going on over there. Just got out of E3, as I mentioned at the top of the show. Just all sorts of news and preview coverage on all the fun new things. My friend Dave T. has his phenomenal weekly Tesla newsletter that you can sign up for free. It'll be delivered to you every Friday morning. The site is teslaweekly.com. Again, that is a completely free sign-up. And, of course, teslarati.com, T-E-S-L-A-R-A-T-I.com. Gene and the gang over there are very supportive of this podcast, for which I am extremely grateful. They run a wonderful site helping to feed this fantastic Tesla community. I, I really appreciate Tesla Roddy and their support of the podcast. And uh, hey, I'm not sure how you're listening to this. Everybody seems to, you know, whatever their preferred method is. But a friendly reminder that you can listen and or subscribe on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, or simply the, uh, the hosting website, which is teslapodcast.com. Dot libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N, dot com. And finally, as promised last week, for those of you who've pledged $10 or more uh, in the Patreon, I wanted to thank those people, the Patreon producers of Ride the Lightning, Jeff Bartram, Wolfgang Obergen, David Brander, Andrew Evans, my friend Greg Miller, Anthony Coleman, Mac Harris, Ralph Weiss, Mick Nelson, Robert Baptista, Chris Bayall, Magnus Mostrom, Mike Ryleford, Jason Trimble, Andrew Valderas, Greg Canessa, another friend, Nick Hoffman, Adrian Alston, Chance Carter, John Wendell, Chris Oakley. Hopefully by this time next week we'll have even more names to add to that list. Uh, I just sincerely appreciate the support from all of you. Uh, whether it's a dollar, whether it's five dollars, whether it is ten dollars, or up to, to uh, get that Patreon producer level. I just, again, I s- sincerely appreciate your, your support and your, uh, your pledges. It really does just, uh, just mean, mean the world to me because you, you guys know how much, how much uh, the Tesla dream means to me and, and uh, your help in, in helping me achieve it is, is simply something that uh, I do not take for granted and I am sincerely grateful for. So thank you all so much, and I will see you again 9 a.m. Sunday next week.